Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by. Welcome to the State Department briefing. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we'll conduct a question-answer session with instructions given at that time. Should you require assistance during the call, please press star then zero. Now I'd like to turn our conference over to our host, Sean Bartlett, from the spokesperson's office from the State Department. Please go ahead. Thanks very much. Good afternoon, everyone. Um, this is Sean Bartlett. I'm a senior advisor here in the spokesperson's office at the State Department. Thanks for joining us today for this call to discuss updates related to Haiti. Uh, just a reminder, this call is on the record, but embargoed until the call is completed. Uh, at the conclusion of the speaker's comments, uh, the call operator will provide instructions, as he mentioned, for how to ask a question. So without further ado, let's get to that speaker. Uh, it's my pleasure to introduce on the line Assistant Secretary for the Bureau of Western Hemisphere Affairs, Brian Nichols, for his remarks, and then we'll head into Q&A. Assistant Secretary Nichols, over to you. Thank you very much. Today, I attended the International Partners Ministerial Meeting on Haiti, hosted by Foreign Minister Albert Rondi of the Government of Suriname, the current chair of CARICOM. This high-level meeting continued the conversation among over 17 international partner countries and several international organizations about supporting Haiti security needs and encouraging Haitian interlocutors to reach agreement on a political accord that will allow elections to take place as soon as conditions permit. The meeting occurred one day after the one-year anniversary of President Moise's tragic assassination. We remain deeply concerned about the lack of progress in bringing to account those responsible for this heinous crime. This was the fourth in a series of high-level meetings designed to keep the international community engaged in supporting Haiti as they move towards free and fair elections. Since December, international partners have mobilized more than $294 million in new commitments in Haiti. The United States announced an additional $48 million in security assistance through the State Department's Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement Affairs. This funding will support specialized training for Haitian National Police's SWAT units, help improve security at Haiti's ports, and continue our holistic support for violence prevention and anti-gang initiatives in communities across Haiti. This, will this work will complement that of the newly created UN Basket Fund for Security, which we strongly support. We salute Canada for its announcement today of an additional $5 million Canadian dollars for this effort. The EU also contributed $3.8 million. Uh, we strongly urge other international partners to contribute to the Basket Fund to support our coordinated efforts to work with Haitian officials to improve citizen security in their country. We continue to urge Haitian stakeholders throughout the country and across the social spectrum to work together to chart a path toward free and fair elections. We call on them to start working to immediately create the conditions, including agreement on a political path forward, including security and logistical preparation for elections that will allow elections as soon as feasible. Time is of the essence. We continue to work with Haitian officials to address Haiti's most critical needs, including citizen and food security, 
and post-disaster reconstruction. During today's meeting, all international partners expressed support for extending the mandate of the UN Integrated Office in Haiti, DEMU, which expires on July 15th. The UN provides essential expertise and coordination for our collective efforts in support of political progress, human rights, and security in Haiti. We will look to partner nations and international organizations to help expand support within the international community while EU's mission is being renewed and in the months to come. The United States remains a steadfast partner to Haiti and the Biden-Harris administration remains committed to supporting the Haitian people during this challenging time. With that, I'd be happy to take your questions. Thank you, Assistant Secretary. Operator, if you could please give the reporters the instructions for how to get in the queue to ask a question, that would be great. Ladies and gentlemen, if you wish to ask a question, please press one then zero on your touchtone phone. You are in queue. Time by repeating the one zero command. Once again, if you have a question, please press one then zero at this time. Your question has been withdrawn. To alert the speaker that you have your question has been withdrawn. To alert the speaker that you have a question, press one, then zero. Operator You are in queue. From the Miami Herald. The line is open. Please go ahead. Yes, hi. Thank you for, for joining us, um, Assistant Secretary. Um, just a couple of questions. I mean, I just had a piece yesterday about the police and, you know, how ill-equipped they are, and the Haitian government has talked about its challenges with acquiring weapons. So I'm wondering, one, is the United States in this money, or is the United States going to assist the police in, in acquiring weapons so that they can confront the gangs? And you talk about a fresh um, training I'm sorry, support, uh, security support for Haiti's courts. But today, the main courthouse is under gang control. So how do you envision that, um, them not just taking back the courthouse, but, but keeping control of the courthouse, which is a stone's throw away from a kidnapping lair? So thank you very much uh, for those questions. And uh, I certainly... Uh, I very much appreciate your in-depth reporting on this topic. The uh, Bureau of International Narcotics and Law Enforcement uh, from the state uh, has a lead police advisor and trainers on the ground um, who are uh, beginning the process of um, delivering holistic and integrated training, particularly focused on um, SWAT and anti-gang operations. Uh, we provided items like uh, vehicles, uh, protective vests, um, helmets, um, radios uh, to the Haitian National Police. Uh, and uh, we will continue to support them with um, items that they need. U.S. legislation um, prohibits the direct transfer of weapons and ammunition to the Haitian National Police using U.S. funds. Um, however, uh, the State Department uh, and the Department of Commerce uh, have in the past uh, and will in the future 
uh, approved commercial purchases of weapons and ammunition by the government of Haiti. Um, the government of Haiti uh, has, in the past, and um, likely will in the future, uh, funded those purchases itself. Um, but if other donors wish to uh, dedicate part of their uh, funding to ammunition or weapons, they can certainly do that. Um, we believe that um, ensuring that the Haitian National Police are properly equipped, including with the appropriate weaponry, um, is essential to their being able uh, to provide uh, security to the Haitian people. Uh, the Haitian National Police um, are able to carry out operations against gangs and to uh, dislodge them and to um, ensure security in uh, areas uh, around the country. Um, however, they still don't have the capability to hold those areas for an extended period of time. In order to do that, they'll need greater staffing, manpower. Uh, they will need um, the resources, ammunition, weapons, protective gear, uh, to be able to do that. Uh, the process of vetting, um, selecting, and training police um, is uh, unfortunately not a fast one, um, but it's essential to ensure that we don't have corrupt individuals within the police force, uh, and that process is ongoing right now. Thank you. Uh, let's please next go to Emmanuel Paul from the Caribbean TV Network. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Mr. Assistant Secretary. Um, it's been a year since uh, President Jovenel Moise was assassinated, unfortunately, and almost a year since uh, Mr. Nui uh, was uh, installed as a prime minister, despite uh, his alleged participation in the assassination of President Moise. Ever since, uh, the situation is worsened, gang violence, kidnapping, uh, corruption, uh, to say the least. And uh, despite of that, the United States continue to support him uh, despite his blatant failure. Why is that? Can you uh, please uh, provide us some explanation on that? Also, uh, you have several meetings with Prime Minister Henry and the Montana Group. Uh, you have made a lot of efforts to see if there is a consensus to get the a new government, but it seems like uh, Mr. Henry doesn't have the willingness to do so, given the people he nominated to represent him uh, to the commission, particularly one of whom who has some presumption of sexual harassment and other charge against him. What is your stand on that, please? Thank you. Thank you very much uh, for those questions. They're rather expansive and I'll try to address them. Um, our position is that um, the future of Haiti should be determined by Haitians. Uh, we believe that a broad-based, inclusive uh, political accord among all relevant actors is essential to um, guide Haiti's way forward. The, as a part of that process, the conversations uh, between uh, Prime Minister Henri 
uh, and his September 11th uh, group, and uh, the Montana group, that's a leading civil society uh, conglomeration, are very important to help forge that way forward. Um, crucial elements to reach um, transparent, free, fair elections uh, will be improving the security situation, which all actors cite as a priority, uh, as well as the selection of the uh, counselors of the provisional electoral council uh, so that they can uh, begin the technical preparations for an election. And uh, we have urged the parties, and I have directly in my conversation with both Prime Minister and the Montana Group, uh, we have urged them to come together uh, uh, around uh, those decisions. And the process of selecting the counselors uh, legally is uh, falls to the president, and obviously um, the president's uh, office uh, is, is vacant due to the horrific assassination of Joanel Moise. Uh, so uh, having that broad-based political support for the counselors will be even more important than it would under other circumstances. Um, with regard to um, the, uh, you know, the, our support for the uh, uh, on re-government, uh, I, I note, as I have in the past, um, that we believe that the role of the current government is to prepare as quickly as possible the conditions for uh, elections uh, and improved security, uh, and that its role is not to perpetuate itself in power, uh, but to allow the Haitian people to express themselves uh, at the polls. Uh, and in my conversations with the Prime Minister, he has said that's how he views his role. Uh, with regard to the other allegations uh, that you uh, that you made uh, about uh, inappropriate behavior of someone, I didn't exactly hear who you were referring to. Um, so um, I, I just have to say I'm, I'm not aware of what those allegations are, um, but obviously uh, uh, I don't condone in any way uh, harassment or um, inappropriate behavior, and uh, uh, I would encourage any you know appropriate authority to uh, investigate uh, such allegations. Thank you. Let's please next go to Chris Cameron from the New York Times. Hi, Assistant Secretary. Thanks for having this call today. Um, you mentioned at the top that um, the United States' goal um, is to, you know, allow for elections to take place in uh, Haiti as soon as conditions permit. Um, you may remember you had a similar press conference back in December um, where you said something similar, that the goal was to um, improve the situation to allow for elections. Um, and you just mentioned um, in answer to the previous question that the current, the role of the current government of Ariel Henry is to prepare the security situation as quickly as possible for um, allowing for elections. My colleagues at the Times two days ago had a story um, showing that, in fact, the security situation in Haiti is disintegrating, it's worsening. 
Um, and, you know, that would seem to suggest that Ariel um, Henri's government is not succeeding in that fashion. So I guess I wanted to ask, does the State Department agree with that assessment that the security situation in Haiti is in fact deteriorating? And how does that reflect on Ariel Henri's government in the sense that you believe that the role of the current government is to improve the security situation. And, and uh, another thing on the security situation itself, you know, as these things are happening in Haiti, uh, murders and rapes and gang control, um, the United States also recently renegotiated um, deportation treaties with Haiti, um, and there was a surge of deportations of Haitian migrants. So I, I'm trying to understand what is the U.S.'s aim here in increasing deportations of these Haitian migrants um, and increasing the burden on this government uh, while the situation in Haiti is um, deteriorating. Thank you. So uh, the, uh, there's a lot there, so let me try and <clears throat> address those things and pardon me a little uh, force today. The security situation in Haiti has been precarious for quite some time. The, uh, but I would not say that it's getting worse. I would say that it um, is uh, variable given the moment. You will recall perhaps uh, that on New Year's Day, um, there was uh, a gang attack against the prime minister uh, in Gonaive. Um, and uh, we've seen uh, eruptions of gang violence and then periods of, of calm. Uh, you will recall, uh, I'm sure, the uh, blockading of fuel terminals around the capital uh, a few months ago as well. Um, so we, we do see uh, periods where the security situation um, improves uh, and uh, where it, it gets worse, but uh, overall, over the course of the uh, the past year, I think the security situation has been um, relatively stable, but stable uh, at a uh, very worrisome and, and grave degree. And again, when I meet with the prime minister or when I meet with the Montana group, which I do with some frequency, uh, they continually cite security uh, as their top concern. And in today's meeting with our international partners, uh, the number one concern expressed was security. Uh, and then the number two concern expressed was getting uh, the country the support and the resources it needs to organize free and fair elections. Uh, those are our critical issues. Uh, and uh, you know, the United States has been uh, a leader uh, in the security effort, but also a uh, leading donor to Haiti overall. Um, and, um, you know, just the, uh, you know, our, our training and assistance has uh, increased the number of uh, HNP officers from 10,000 uh, a decade ago to 14,000 today. Uh, we've donated 60 vehicles. We've got 14 embedded subject matter experts uh, at the in uh, helping HNP leadership. Um, so uh, we've had, uh, I think, 
trainers arrive this week uh, who will be focused on special weapons uh, and tactics uh, training. Um, we worked with the Haitian National Police uh, and the FBI uh, to extradite Hermine um, Yanyan Jolie to the United States. Uh, you will recall that he's the head of the 400 Mowozo gang. Uh, is accused of murder, kidnapping, theft, destruction of private property. Uh, and that sent a, a very strong signal to the gang uh, that there are consequences uh, for their actions. Uh, in addition to the United States, uh, Canada, France, uh, Mexico, uh, Argentina are, are providing training, uh, Brazil providing training to the Haitian National Police. So there's, there's a, a broad-based international effort in addition to the embedded uh, UN police um, that are also uh, providing uh, training. With regard to migration issues, um, the uh, United States government is committed to promoting uh, orderly and lawful migration. Uh, and that means um, facilitating um, things like the Haitian Family Reunification Program, which the Department of Homeland Security has renewed, um, increasing the uh, processing of immigrant visas in Haiti, uh, and we're working to restaff our consular section and our embassy in Port-au-Prince. Um, the uh, so that we can process more more visas there, and uh, I think some of you have followed sort of the global challenges that the pandemic caused uh, in visa processing around the world, and due to the fact that Creole speakers are in a shorter supply than um, world languages like Spanish or or French, um, it takes longer to restaff. Um, those positions than uh, perhaps other posts uh, around the region. Uh, but that is a priority for us. However, um, when uh, individuals uh, attempt to enter the United States without a legal uh, reason to be in the United States, it is our obligation to enforce U.S. immigration law and return them to their country of origin. Thanks. Thank you. Let's please next go to Michael Wilner from McClatchy. Assistant Secretary, thanks for uh, doing this. Uh, a couple questions uh, following up on my colleague, Jackie. Um, you just said, first of all, that you wouldn't uh, say things are getting worse. By our count, 290 kidnappings including four, uh, 44 this year alone. That compared to a total of 40 last year. We've reported on gangs attempting to control the area around the U.S. Embassy. So um, help us unpack that a little bit more. You know, do you believe the police have enough guns, ammunition, and other equipment to adequately contend with the gangs? And then what's your position on the compromise of the U.N. Security Council on the UN Integrated Office in Haiti, and uh, the UN has also said that elections are impossible this year. Do, do you agree with that? 
So um, I don't want to um, sort of parse words here. The, the security situation uh, is great. Uh, there's no getting around that. Uh, the last statistics that, that I saw reported from our embassy um, on things like uh, kidnappings, um, the uh, uh, last year uh, there were 53 American citizens kidnapped in Haiti. Uh, so uh, they're actually kidnappings are actually down slightly uh, up to this point, but um, that's cold comfort to the people of Haiti, uh, the security situation is great. Every single international donor and actor recognizes that. Uh, in listening to the interventions, the comments uh, at to today's uh, international partners meeting on Haiti, um, whether it was the Haitian foreign minister or uh, foreign ministers and senior officials from around um, the hemisphere, Europe, um, Japan, everyone talked about uh, the critical need to address the security situation. And the fact that uh, in the Security Council where, uh, you know, the prior uh, mandate for uh, BNU, um, there were questions about how long it would be. They got a, a less than a year mandate. Um, there was not really the focus on security that the current draft uh, resolution um, has. Uh, and countries that previously expressed skepticism uh, about uh, a longer mandate or more robust security presence are now actually pushing for both of those things. So I, there's a consensus in the international community that this is a critical situation. Um, it didn't, you know, the situation in Haiti did not get to this point. Uh, overnight, and it's going to take time uh, to uh, improve the situation. We have to give the Haitian people the resources that they need uh, to bring their country forward to elections and uh, in an adequate, humane security situation. And that's what we're focused on. I don't want to sugarcoat anything. The situation uh, is extremely challenging, uh, and that's why. You know, we have been focused on bringing together key partners and donors to provide uh, assistance and focus the international community, even as there are so many other things going on in the world, um, like Russia-Ukraine. But since December, let me reiterate, uh, we've, brought, we've mobilized more than $294 million in new commitments for Haiti, um, and that doesn't even fully capture some of the assistance which uh, partner countries uh, have not given us a, a, a monetary value on, but um, we have uh, you know, partners throughout this hemisphere providing police training, uh, ready to support elections, with sort of in-kind assistance um, that uh, they're not putting a dollar value on. Uh, and then with regard to when will there be elections, um, uh, I think uh, even as, as we look at the security situation, um, just the technical preparations for an election uh, historically in Haiti, uh, once the provisional electoral counselors are in place, you will need at least six months before 
um, there will be, uh, you know, you'll be in a position to hold an election uh, if uh, there's robust uh, assistance to the electoral process from the international community, which I think there will be. Uh, but uh, this is something that uh, is vital for Haiti. And uh, as soon as it can be um, accomplished with the appropriate conditions, um, you know, I think it will be accomplished. Thank you. Um, let's take our final question from Danica Koto of the Associated Press. Yes, good afternoon, Mr. System Secretary. Thank you for hosting us. Um, I had a couple of questions. I was wondering how confident are you that these investments are working given the situation in Haiti? And if you don't see any changes, is there a plan B? And in addition, what do you say to those who have criticized the U.S. government for deporting uh, thousands of Haitian migrants in recent months, given the current state of the country? So um, I think the things that we are doing are building the structure that will allow Haitians to successfully determine their own future. Um, we are committed to approaching um, the challenges that Haiti faces in a different way than the international community has in the past. And, you know, I first started working on Haiti issues in 2004 and uh, looking at the situation then and, you know, looking back in time uh, over the past hundred years of international interaction with Haiti, to use the most neutral term, you continually have the international community taking protagonism, taking agency away from Haitians. And we always end up back in the same place. If we can't have the patience to let Haitians determine their own future, then we're never going to get out of this continuous cycle of uh, international intervention, uh, political problems of the impasse in Haiti, um, acute crises as a result. Um, and we have to overlay on that the fact that Haiti uh, is, because of, of the problems that it faces in poverty and governance, um, is very vulnerable to natural disasters, whether it be earthquakes or hurricanes. So, we can't just go back and do the things that we have always done. Uh, I think our uh, provision of uh, humanitarian assistance uh, in, after the earthquake uh, last August, uh, our um, support uh, through the World Food Program and through the U.S. Agency for International Development uh, to mitigate uh, food security crises in Haiti, um, our efforts to um, provide reintegration assistance for uh, migrants who've been returned to Haiti uh, have all uh, helped with the situation. And again, that comes in the context of uh, our partners providing um, millions of dollars in Haiti, uh, millions of dollars of assistance to Haiti, excuse me, the uh, and then just with regard to uh, the migration piece, 
you know, we have to enforce our laws with regard to um, the irregular migration, uh, but we're doing things like the Haitian Family Reunification Program, um, rebuilding our immigrant visa capacity, um, increasing the access for Haitians to uh, work-related visas like H2A and H2Bs. All of those things um, will help address um, some of the migratory pressure in Haiti, but um, uh, the broader efforts that the United States are engaging uh, on a hemispheric level, and I refer you to the Los Angeles Declaration on Migration and Protection um, that was uh, uh, announced at the Summit of the Americas in Los Angeles. Uh, those hemispheric efforts uh, are geared to address the unprecedented migratory crisis um, that we are seeing globally. Uh, there are, uh, you know, approximately 100 million people uh, in, who are migrants around the world now, and millions of them are in our hemisphere. And um, it's not just Haitians, it's Venezuelans, it's Nicaraguans, Cubans, um, and Central Americans, and, and we need to address this broad migratory uh, migration challenge uh, as with our partners around the hemisphere, uh, as well as with international organizations uh, and like-minded countries around the world, uh, and we're committed to doing that, uh, and uh, we believe that that is going to change the dynamic uh, around migration in our hemisphere. And But with regard to Haiti, we're going to continue to work uh, to improve the conditions on the ground. It's slow, tough work, uh, but we are committed. Uh, this is our fourth international partners meeting on Haiti. And we'll continue going forward to engage, to press, to make sure that the pledges uh, are delivered uh, and that those commitments have a real on-the-ground impact. So thank you very much. Thank you again, Assistant Secretary Nichols, uh, and to the reporters on the line. Uh, the embargo on the call is now lifted, um, and please reach out to Andrea or me if you have any follow-up. Um, have a great weekend, everybody, and thanks. That does conclude our conference for today. Thank you for your participation in the AT&T conferencing services. We may not disconnect.